0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the paddock and the pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket.
2: Our final guest on our Memories of the Ashes series is Catherine Leng, an England Test centurion and a regular on the paddock and the pavilion. Catherine is joined in this episode by young Rosa Simpkin of Rosa Talks Ball. Let's hear Catherine's Ashes Memories, which go back to 1998, the very beginning of the women's ashes, as you will shortly find out. Catherine adds her personal tribute to fellow Yorkie Catherine Siver-Brunt, as well as answering questions about herself in our Ashes Quiz. Can she beat Rick McCosker? Let's find out. Hello, Catherine and Rosa. Welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion.
0: Thank you for having us. Thanks very much. Thanks for the invite.
2: How are you both?
0: Good, thanks. How are you?
2: Yes, I'm very good. Rosa, you've um, you've been doing some exams and you've got a bad knee.
0: Yeah, I have. Um, but we're getting there with both those things. Got two exams left, probably will be finished when this goes out. So nearly there, really close.
2: But you've been following the the women's cricket very closely, haven't you?
0: Yes, um, I have, especially the Charlotte Edwards Cup and Rachel Hoffman Trophy.
2: Well, don't tell all the teachers that. Um, and uh, Catherine, have you been playing cricket?
1: I have. I've been. They've wheeled me out in my wheelchair, and um, I've played two or three games. So, yeah, it's been good. It, it's a local Premier Sussex League Little T20s, um, which is which is a format that I've not really played a lot since you know sort of like the under 15s at Pussy St Lawrence back in the day but but yeah I'm a a fan of the game again rather than sit on the sideline and watch it with a beer I'm I'm actually amongst it for once
2: a friend of mine Colin Nuttall a mutual friend of ours Colin Nuttall asked me to ask um, how your cricket was going
1: Good. It it's not doing too bad. Been scoring a few runs, and it it's coming off the bat quite nicely. So, what more can you ask for? More runs no. than him.
2: More runs than Colin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk in this podcast about Catherine's memories of the Ashes. Uh, you're also going to give a tribute to someone you know quite well in Catherine Brunt. And you don't know this yet, Catherine, but there is a quiz about your. Test matches against Australia. You're do you know shaking what? Your head I'm, there.
1: I'm really good at quizzes, but I just think I'm not gonna do very well in this about myself. It was it was the last thing I I said before I came on to this meeting is that hope they don't ask me too much about myself because you know, it was a long time ago, nineteen ninety-eight.
2: Yeah, it was, especially for Rosa, it is a long time ago. It's not for me. But I wanted to begin, uh, Catherine, and this is a long time ago. What was your earliest England versus Australia memory? It won't be a, a, an ashes memory as such, women's ashes, but.
0: Yeah,
1: um, well, I'm fortunate to have been born in God's own country. So one of my first memories was a Cornhill test, if anyone remembers those on the BBC. I do, yeah. Um and the mighty titan, Ian Bertham, 1981 at Headingley. Um, 81. Um, I remember that. I remember watching that match on the TV. And if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it from start to finish, then, you know, it's it's got everything. As well as us beating the Aussies, of course, which I'd like to see.
2: That's a long time ago for, for you, Rosa, 1981.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I don't remember that one, um, but I will have to watch it back at some point. You you really should.
1: And, uh, you know, you see funny little things in it, like these little blue cars that they used to have parked on the grounds for the disabled um, spectators and what have you. And you just, you just see all this stuff. It, it's that, you know, headingly back in the day and then, you know, you see it now but the match itself is just unbelievable and you know as well as some of the mustaches
2: Catherine you made your ashes or your debut against australia in a test match in 1998 before that had you watched any england australia women's test matches
1: um i had i i yes i had i'd seen i'd seen a day's cricket um and it, it was sort of like back back in the day, and I overlapped this a little bit when the women played at uh, leading club grounds. Um, so there was a club in Yorkshire called Collingham. There used to be quite a bit of women's cricket there, and I I saw the Australians play there. Um, yeah, and they were they were pretty good.
2: Well, you played 12 test matches, four of them against Australia. And we're, in our conversation, we're going to focus on a couple of those matches. Just for your information, Rosa, uh, Catherine averaged 27 and got three wickets. We won't mention the average, it's 63. Mm. Um, best figures of two for five. But how different was it playing test matches against Australia, Catherine, than playing against India and... And New Zealand, yeah.
1: And I mean, it was com completely different. I think I played one home series and and one away series. The away series, we we actually played at test venues, so we played at the Gabba, uh, Brisbane, and Sydney. But yeah, it was a totally different game. But um, just competitive. Every ball was competitive. Just maybe because of the england australia rivalry, I don't know, but the test matches that I did play in, I think I can honestly say at some point we we're in with a chance without without a doubt really, um you know, I didn't think they were going to run away with the game, whereas when we played them in the one day internationals we we were completely thrashed, you know it was embarrassing at one point, um but certainly. You know, the test matches I played in, there were points when it, the game could have turned. Um, so a really good experience for me. And and I suppose that was the type of cricket that I really wanted to play.
2: Well, we spoke off air that um, England first played Australia in test cricket in 1934. And they weren't actually known as the Ashes until 1998 that you played in were you aware that they were then called the ashes
1: yeah I mean there was a um, there was a ceremony so they wanted uh, the Women's Cricket Association stroke ECB at at the time in 98 wanted something significant to to do to sort of like kickstart this is the women's ashes the men have got their ashes we're going to have ours so someone came up uh, with the idea of uh we all signed a miniature cricket bat um and they burned this cricket bat in what I can remember was a walk in um the Lord's Memorial Garden, and we all sort of stood around and and watched that and there were quite a few newspapers around, and the t v was there and there is a bit of footage I think somewhere um so yeah, they burn the women's ashes essentially um is a burnt miniature cricket bat with all our signatures on
2: so you were there in the lord's uh, garden then
1: yeah it was a bit i've just i suppose i I didn't really think it was that significant at the time but when i look back and i've seen i've seen it shown on tv so actually i was there um that's quite cool
0: you said that you felt like you had a chance in Test Cricket against the Aussies and not an ODI. Would you say Test Cricket was your favourite format to play and watch or just to play?
1: Uh, I think play, really. Um, and I've said this in previous podcasts, that in a Test match, I feel that you, you've got everything, you've got every format and, you know, a couple of balls can swing the game the other way um and I do I just uh a a lot of people will say four days is a long time but when you're playing it um it really doesn't feel like that apart from at the end of the night when your feet are hurting a bit but but yeah it it's really you know you're you're engrossed all the time and and sometimes you know you, you need to teach yourself to be able to switch on and switch off which you know you don't get that in sort of like the 2020 40-year format. So um, yeah, i you know the more you hear me talk about it, the more passionate I get about Test cricket. But it's it's a really great format to play.
2: Cool. You did you did play uh, for Roses information uh, 56 ODIs, 12 of them against, 12 of them against Australia. You were talking about having sore feet. I think there was lots of sore feet on your or in your test debut at guildford in august 1998 england batted first and got 414 in 189 overs and then australia replied with 569 for six and 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 this and in this exciting game england then batted again and were 160 for one um when the match was drawn what are your recollections, Catherine, apart from having sore feet?
1: Yeah, good venue for women's cricket to play at. I remember that day it was a debut of a young a young girl called Charlotte Edwards, who um had turned up the night before. We'd all met up um the, the night before, I think. Um and no one sort of like knew we had two debutantes of so there was this little girl, Charlotte Edwards, and then Lucy Pearson, the fierce left left-arm bowler. I remember that, and she batted very well. I remember them at the beginning of the innings, sitting her, uh, some of the newspapers were there. They sat her on a chair um, and took pictures of her. Uh, five minutes later, she was out batting, facing Catherine Fitzpatrick. Um, it so, you know, a lot different to to how you prepare for a test match nowadays, I think. But like I said, it it was a really good venue for us, and, and I remember the grounds. You know, you always go up to the groundsman and say, you know, how's the pitch playing? And he said, oh, it's. Uh, I was with uh, the late great Janet Britton at the time. We'd gone out to look at the wicket, and the groundsman said. Yeah, it keeps low at one end and it keeps bouncy at the other end. And uh, Jeanette Britton said, do I I really need to wear a helmet? And the groundsman was like, well, I can't tell you either way, but maybe. Um, So they went into bat and I think it was the second ball. Catherine Fitzpatrick absolutely pounded this ball into... Jeanette Britton, it hit her on the helmet and went for four. And she sort of like tapped tapped her head as if say, oh, I'm glad I wore that. It it completely knocked her out, I think.
2: Well, Charlotte Edwards was was only 18 when she was playing that match.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, deserved to be there because she'd been scoring runs, you know, from from an early age, really, in in senior women's cricket. So yeah, they chucked her straight into the deep end, but to be batting with uh someone like Jeanette Britton, um, you know, all you need to do really is keep one end going and and watch watch her fly. She she got a hundreds, you know, and and Lottie Eberle assisted her in that. And um, you know, we we posted a cracking score. Um it was just a bit slow.
2: Yeah, Janet Britton got 146 and Charlotte Edwards got fifty-three and England scored four hundred and fourteen all out. What a thrill though for you to play in a test match for England.
1: Yeah, it it really was. And and to get a little bat and score a few runs, not as much as that. But yeah, it was it was good. It was it was good. But obviously, you know, it was a draw. Um we kind of made it a draw, I suppose, batting for 180 overs
2: a bigger thrill even next test when you were playing in yorkshire at harrogate
1: yeah and that that was uh, something really special because i had I'd played a test in 96 at scarborough against new zealand that was on another podcast but so to play at harrogate was was something special because it it was a you know sort of like yorkshire county outground at the time um and again, um I think from what I recollect, um we I think did we fall a few short of that hundred short or something? And then the rain came. But yeah, Australia, again,
2: Australia scored three hundred and six for three declared. England replied with three hundred and twenty six for eight declared, with Janet Britain making a hundred and sixty seven. And then uh, Australia were 303 for five and England then 64 for no wicket.
1: So. Oh, no. That, I think I've, I'm mistaken there but it certainly... I remember uh, I remember. I got promoted to open the batting with Lottie in second innings and um, we were finding it really easy. Um, and then I think the rain came and we were sort of like, oh, that spoiled our fun a little bit. But we, we had... Um, yeah, it was like four seasons in one day there. Um, the the weather scuppered us a little bit.
2: Just for Rosa's uh, information, Catherine, I know we want to mention it again. Uh, you mentioned about playing at Scarborough against New Zealand. Rosa, that's when Catherine scored 144. Thought I'd get that in, in a test match.
0: Very impressive. Thank you.
2: Catherine, your, your other two test matches against Australia were on an england tour of australia in 2002 3 what was it like going on tour to australia you must have a, you must have had a very understanding employer
1: uh yeah i think at that time i'd actually uh given up work and i'd decided to study um because i never i left school and went straight into working so I felt at this time, you know, the cricket was really taking off. So um, I sort of uh, couldn't get any further. I worked in a bank. I couldn't really get any further up the ladder um, because I kept going on tour. So I decided that I'd I'd go to university, which obviously allowed me to, to play more, uh, which is all I really wanted to do. And, um, yeah, how lucky to to go on a tour to Australia
2: did you play many tour matches you played two test matches
1: yeah I think I think we played um one tour tour match it could have been in in Sydney uh, where I think a very young Lydia Greenway made a debut and um literally she'd she'd been on an under 19 tour and uh someone had being injured, so they called her up and she flew out to Australia, got off the plane with her bag straight to the ground, got a kit on, and actually played very well. Um but yeah that was a that was a tall match. Um I don't think we did particularly well in that. Um but but then yeah we got got to play at the Gabba and and you know Sydney which the SCG which was um Chance of a
2: lifetime, really. You opened the batting in both the two Test matches, and 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 actually Charlotte Edwards was batting three. But the the Brisbane Test, the first Test, the scores are quite interesting. You hopefully you'll remember something about this game. England yeah. batted, England batted first and got one hundred and twenty four. We bowled Australia out for seventy eight. England then were bowled out for ninety two, but Australia then got the target, losing five wickets. An extraordinary match.
1: Uh, yeah it re- this this is uh what i you know was just saying to rosa earlier that that was a real ro- absolute roller coaster of a game because we uh, myself and sarah had gone into bat um in a really empty stadium where everything echoed because there was probably about 10 people watching there was a biggest crack I've ever seen of my life in the wicket the wicket was awful Um, and myself and Sarah sort of like went into bat like the sacrificial lambs Um, with a really quick Catherine Fitzpatrick coming steaming in and I think five slips at one point (laughs) because she was just trying to land it on the crack in the wicket all the time and yeah, we managed to muster a few runs there. And I remember Mel Jones coming up to me and going, you know, um, am I allowed to swear in this? I won't. She said something along the lines of you lot of rubbish. You're only you're only batting at one point one and over. Where's the fun in that? And then they were they came into bat in their innings and we're all out for 80. So we were kind of like, sorry, what were you we saying, Mel? Um, it was real. They got a real shock at how difficult it was to bat on there, um, and yeah, we managed to rattle through them.
2: England scored 124. That was in 108 overs, and one of the England opening batsmen, K.M. Leng, was LBW for 26, and batted for 165 minutes.
1: Yeah, it wasn't out. I was, I was just getting into my stride then. <laughs> no, I mean I think now. Now I think about it, I think three of us got triggered LB. If you look at the score, three or four got. We all of a sudden uh, they began to discover the LBW rule. I think because maybe it was that slow, um, Rosa. It's
2: amazing how people have got good memories when they've when they you know <laughs> they think they've been uh, sort of uh, they've had some dubious yeah. decisions, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've had lots no um i th- i think yeah the umpires played a good um, 12th and 13th man in in that first innings but yeah i think we then in the second innings i think myself and sarah put a few on um and we 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 had a massive collapse so we we sort of threw it away in that that was one of those moments when we really had them on, you know, we had them on the run, really, um, which is a really nice feeling. Uh, and then I think in their innings, Belinda Clark and Karen Ralton steadied it. But I remember Ralton giving a few chances away. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a particularly good innings for her, and then. All of a sudden, they had a bit of a collapse, and we thought we were back in, in with a chance. Even though I think they needed twenty or thirty odd, we still kept fighting. Which you know, when you play in a test match, you just have to keep believing sometimes, because you can get two or three quick wickets, uh, and like I said, it can completely turn the game the other way.
2: It was a two-test series, England. Lost the ashes then 1-0. You were playing against some uh legends of the game during your period of those four test matches.
1: Yeah, I don't I just I, I've I've mentioned her quite a few times. Catherine Fitzpatrick was just uh quick and bouncy. Um but just yeah, I think sometimes we were just sent in to sort of like take the shine off the ball. If I remember the bruises I got when I opened the batting at the Gabba, I don't. I was just black and blue because it it was cutting everywhere and bouncing. But you know, to play against someone like Belinda Clark, who you know there'll never be anyone like her ever again, and she's gone on to be one of the great. Pioneers of of women's cricket, not just in Australia but around the world. Obviously, Claire Connor was playing for us. I think she was captain at the time. Um, you know, we didn't. We just call her Mrs. Women's Cricket, really, because you know Claire's taken taken those times and taken them into you know professional times, and she's worked really hard to do that. So the list is endless, really. Karen Rolton, um, I think when we played in that 98 Ashes series, uh, they played three or four warm-up games against various teams. And I think she broke about four or five fingers because she hit the ball so hard. You know, obviously there was Mel Jones in that side. I think she made her debut maybe that in 98. Um, She was a great player. Yeah, the list is endless,
2: really. You also had Lisa Kitely, a previous guest on this podcast, playing against you as well.
1: Yeah, she's not a bad player on her day.
2: Another player who wasn't a bad player, who I know you are you know from your Yorkshire roots, is uh, Catherine Siver-Brunt, who has now retired from international cricket. And uh, as someone who, I think, played with her in her very early days, I mean, uh, Catherine uh, had an international career of nineteen years. I wanted to ask you your thoughts on on her cricketing career.
1: Well, it's it's been fabulous, really, because I've been able able to see it uh, right from when she was a nipper, basically playing for Sheffield United. I played for Wakefield Ladies at the time, and uh, and she won't mind me saying uh, that in a younger day she was a little bit overweight she was a bit you know grumpy if things didn't go her way and it's been just an absolute delight to see how she's grown into this absolute world-class cricketer with the help and support of so many people when you know there was a talent there and and someone's got her on the side and side of the pitch and coached her and made her into this not only fabulous cricketer but a great character as well and I think even though we might see her a little bit on the cricket pitch in various franchises I think there's probably a career outside of cricket for her and so I'd probably like to predict a Strictly Come Dancing or an Armour Celebrity stint at some point in the next two or three years
2: well, that's interesting. I'm going to ask Rosa to ask you a question, but I just wanted to give a bit of the detail of her sort of records, really. She played 14 test matches, which is quite a lot. Uh, she got 51 test wickets, played 141 ODIs, 170 wickets, and 112 T20s with 114 wickets.
1: Yeah. And she's, she's played. You know, she's played that era of, I think she played for 10 years where she wasn't professional and she's played the other nine or 10 as a professional. So she's alongside uh, probably Heather Knight, you know, they're kind of like the last last men standing really of of that era. Um, and I know she she thinks about those early days really fondly and is a great person to be able to, you know, weigh one up against the other.
2: Yeah, she won the Ashes. She won the World Cup at 20 overs and 50 overs. Over to you, Rosa.
0: Now, what do you think made her so good? This is quite quite a big question, but she's a very unique player. And what do you think gave her that edge?
1: I think no one will disagree with me that she's got so much passion and heart that she wills herself she'll she'll go through any pain to get that last wicket or get that last run she she wants to win and um, you know that's her mentality and and i think it's you know being instilled in her at an early age, and that's just how she is uh you know she's made a couple of comebacks where physically uh she's not been very in good shape and she's made herself in good shape she's just had that determination and that confidence in herself that she can do it as well I feel like she's really unique
0: I mean I have to say that there's not many characters like her out there like her unrivaled passion is quite something and it's definitely what gave her such a long career (laughs)
1: Yeah you just you just want to get a little bit of it and bottle it don't you and and hand it out a little bit to everyone because she you know she she's just got it and like i said i think there's a lot more to come from her not necessarily on the cricket pitch but um you know in other avenues because uh, she's got that bubbly personality
2: Remember you can follow the paddock and the pavilion on twitter facebook and instagram At the pad and pav. Catherine, now it's time for your quiz about yourself. You're not in the black chair.
1: Thank goodness, because it would make me extra nervous if that was the case.
2: And no passes allowed. Okay. What was the date of your Ashes test debut? It is in August. You got this, the date. Not the day of the week. It's
1: 98. Yeah. I know. I know it's August because it was it was really hot at Guilford. And I'm I'm gonna go sixth of August.
2: Sixth of August, that's correct. And,
1: yeah. Whoa.
2: Right. Here's the next question. I'm glad you didn't mention it when you were talking about your test debut, but how many did you score on your Ashes test debut at Guildford?
1: I th- I think there I think there are a few of us that were in the 30s, so I'm gonna say thirty-four.
2: 34 that's correct and that was off 70, 74 balls in 99 oh, minutes
1: right. yeah okay
2: here's the next question who took the most wickets for england on your ashes test debut when the australians got 569 for 6 oh england used eight bowlers your figures were naught for 61 sue oh, redfern dear. oh I'm given another answer away there she was naught for 85 So it's not one of those two.
1: No. um, I'm going to say Karen Smithies.
2: No, Charlotte Edwards with two for 79.
1: With her Tommy Trundlers.
2: Right, next question. And you should get this one right. Who made her England debut in your first Ashes test in Australia?
1: Uh, Lydia Greenway.
2: I knew you were going to get that one right. Yeah. And the, and the last question is two two answers for this. Who opened England's bowling in your last Ashes test? It was also your last test match in Sydney.
1: Uh, Lucy Pearson. And oh, two that's...
2: bowlers opened the bowling.
1: Uh, I'm going to go Claire Taylor.
2: No, Laura Harper. Oh. So I think you scored Four.
0: I got three, so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with myself for that. That's
1: awesome. Well done. Goodness me. That's
2: so really good. I think you your 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 score was I think Rick Rick got four, so I think you're uh, the joint winner of the uh, the memories of the ashes quiz.
1: Yeah. You see I knew my own my own stuff, didn't I? But I know Lucy Pearson. Uh, just got loads of wicket in, wickets in that last test match. And the in the first innings, Olivia Marno, who was the, the leggy for Australia who didn't play in that game, came up to me and said, oh, I did tell them that it, the pitch should be taking spin in the first innings. And I was like, oh, now you tell me. But Lucy Pearson cleared up anyway with like seven wickets or something, so it was all right.
2: You're not going to get any extra bonus points for that, so oh, uh, your I final tried. score final score I, is four.
1: I bet Rick couldn't tell you a gem like that, though.
2: Probably not. I don't know. He's he's very good, Rick. <laughs> Nothing left really for us on the paddock and the bullion, but to thank my two guests, Catherine Lang for remembering her <laughs> test career, four tests, well, twelve tests in total, but four of them against Australia, also for jointly winning the quiz did we get four or five i've lost count now how many you got right <laughs> i think
1: it might have been five and a half
2: four rose is putting four fingers up <laughs> so looks like you've drawn with rick mccosker i was uh, never
1: good at maths
2: yeah and um and thank you also rosa for your uh expert knowledge of the uh the women's game and thank you both for being on the paddock and the pavilion
0: thank you for having us thank
1: you very much